What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Sending this out to Facebook. Hello, everyone. This is Connie Mettler of ArtFairInsiders.com, a social networking site for artists, and I'm publisher of Art Fair Calendar, the place to find the nation's best art fairs. Welcome to our latest episode of Art Fair Radio. Later in the show, we will be taking your calls. Here is the number for you to call in, 805-243-1. Three three eight. You do not need to call into the show to listen. You can just listen without calling in. So, don't need to dial any numbers. So anyway, let's just get right into this. We have so much to talk about. I mean, if you're in the art fair business or you're trying to sell art, you know there's stuff to know about art. They didn't teach you this in college, or your mother didn't teach you either. So let's wait. We've got our really exciting guest, McKenna Hellett, all the way from Maui who's going to give you some very solid selling advice. This is not about selling on your website, which is my usual shtick, because you know I'm all about online things. But this is how to make more sales in your face-to-face engagements at your shows. I bet you're going to love this. McKenna, here's a little background on her. She's had a thriving studio practice. Her current low-impact jewelry line started 24 years ago in 1992. She has sold her handmade one-of-a-kind jewelry to over 200 fine art and craft galleries and upscale boutiques and shops, including Neiman Marcus, and still has about 25 wholesale accounts. That's not enough for her, of course. She also sells at a weekly retail show as part of the Fine Arts Program at a resort on Maui, where she lives full-time. Then in the midst of this busy art career, she's always mentored other artists. She actually began teaching seminars on how to sell art when she was working as Director of Sales and Marketing in the Upscale Art Galleries in San Francisco. And she has also been a professional trainer and consultant for a small business. But when she moved to Maui in 1986, all that changed. She's been working in the business all these times, but this year she took this 25-year history of teaching the Ease of Selling seminar to artists and art sellers and transformed it into a complete system, like a system, strategic system that you can use, a step-by-step guide, and that's what we're going to talk about today. I hope you're going to stick around to the end because McKenna will share a very special offer just for our listeners. Welcome, McKenna. Let's go, girl. All righty, aloha. <laughs> aloha, aloha, my kid. 
So lucky girl. Uh, yeah. Well, I think I'm in Maui today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Feels so, like it and, here. And, yeah, it's just one of those perfectly little breezy days today. I'm really, you know, it's, I mean, if I have to be indoors, at least I've got a pretty window to look out of. But thank you, Connie, well, very much for giving me this opportunity because I am, I am so blessed to have been able to help artists for years and years and years with this system. And now that I've put it together the way that, that I have, and, and we're going to get into that in, in a lot more detail, this is really changing artists whole thing it's just it's moving them many literally describe it as a 180 degree turn in their way of thinking when they approach selling their art so let's let's you're right let's get into it okay well i when i was selling art i read lots of books about it and i had lots of information and i watched other people sell so i'm ready for a new system today and let's hear what it is what is this system and how is it used? Okay, so specifically the system is built on what I call the five E's of selling. That is these five words that if you if you embrace these words and really pull them into your presentation, you will automatically start to have a better connectivity with people, a better engagement level with people. And I'm going to go into those five E's a little later. But what happened was after years and years of teaching the seminar, at one point I was, I was uh, hanging out in, in uh, uh, Arizona teaching uh, classes there during my seminar and workshops. And I noticed that people were never really getting around to downloading the PDF files that I was sending them in the mail. Right, I would email oh. them the PDF for the worksheets, right? Because these crazy, wonderful worksheets. So I thought, okay, I better print them out the next time I go out there. Well, the printing out turned out to be this book. <laughs> so it's a forty-six-page uh-huh. book now. <laughs> so the system is three things: the book, the worksheets in the back, these extremely valuable tools, and a set of twenty-four absolutely indispensable flashcard yeah i think you really hit the nail on the head there i'll look at a pdf in fact i have some pdfs i think one you sent me maybe a couple years ago still waiting for me to get around to read but if i have a book (laughs) it goes on the table goes with my morning reading and it gets read or i carry it with me to an art fair so i think you hit the nail on the head on this great information but it's got to be read in order to make it work right Okay. Well, I mean, what I yeah, what I was seeing was people just weren't doing the even if they downloaded the PDFs and they didn't print them out, and even if they printed them out, they weren't doing them. So having this book, which by the way has a double back cover, so it's a spiral bound publication, and people can literally take it to shows because they can cover the front cover with a blank cover. So it's totally a stealth mode operation when you take this book with you to shows which, if you're using the system, you will absolutely have this book with you everywhere you go because of some of the sections of this, which keep being places where you go back and you review and you review and you review and you review until you're slowly but surely finding this new level with the ease, the five E's of selling. So, yeah, so that, you know, it, the, the system is now extremely portable. You can take it anywhere you want. You don't have to have me in the room, you know, screaming at a slideshow. <laughs> oh, well, that that was really helpful. I know it's 
so much of this is not just it's not it's a lot more than just showing up. You have to do the deed also. So let's we're gonna go beyond that. So are you gonna tell us today, gonna to do some steps through what we're gonna do in order to make better sales? Face yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So the bottom line is one of the things, here's our small agenda for today. I definitely am going to get into the five E's of selling so people know what those okay. five E's are. And just in, in describing those alone, I think people are going to get a pretty strong sense of where I'm coming from. And to be really clear, where I'm really coming from is I absolutely believe in the right to the depth of my soul that we as artists, are absolutely in a position like no other product out there. We change lives. These are not mattresses we're selling. We're not selling refrigerators or used cars. So you can pick up Zig Ziglar's book and read it, but when you read the Ease of Selling System, you learn how to sell artwork, which is a really unusual and different and specific selling opportunity. It's just indescribably different from all the other things that are out there because when we make a sale of our artwork, whatever it is, I don't care if it's ceramics or fine oil paintings or, 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 or funky handmade jewelry, it doesn't matter. We change people's lives forever. And if you don't believe that, go and pick up that cup in your, in your cupboard that you love, that you cherish, that you put your tea or coffee into every morning and just feel the energy that you have in that wonderful little ceramic piece. Maybe you only paid $10 for it, but every morning it changes your world ever slightly. That's our power as artists. I am sitting here in my office surrounded by artwork that I've gotten at shows over the years. And right at my left elbow is this amazing, wonderful wooden clock made from found objects and painted amazingly. It has been broken for five years. I can't get the (laughs) replacement part. It does not function as a clock anymore. But every time I see it, I remember the people I bought it from, and I remember the situation, and I still love it. Nobody else has one like this one. So that might be an example. Poor clock. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Well, that's an example. And so that's what, this, that's what the ease of selling art system does. It brings you into alignment with this understanding about how, effectively, uh, how effective our, our artwork is as, as, a, as, a, as a tool for, for the planet, for everybody having a little bit better day just for having a moment of looking at their, their collection. So it, it, that's, that's, that's the essence of the ease of selling uh, is making sure artists understand that this is just this is not normal <laughs> what they do and and what they sell is not normal it's it's a it's a hugely emotional experience that goes on forever so so basically just just to just to segue then everybody that sells anything handmade will benefit from this i mean anybody right i don't care if you're selling little handmade stamps you know when when it could be a $5 something or other. Whatever it is, when people buy that thing from you, that object from you, they're ever so slightly feeling the, the, the artist within themselves. They're feeling that connection to their own soul. And when people say, oh, I, I, you know, I can't draw a straight line, what they're really saying is, oh, I just love art and I like being surrounded by it because it makes me feel special. 
that's, you know, that's really, right? That's what they're really saying when they say they can't draw a line. They're saying, I wish they could, but since I can't, I'm, I, I buy art instead. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay. I met some new so, people this weekend, and when I told them a little bit about my background, they they immediately started talking about art that they had bought and how how meaningful it is to them. And it, yeah. it it's just right there. I, I yeah. remember making well, our, sales our, and saying to somebody, yeah, "So you just spent two hundred dollars with me. You're going to get more than two hundred more than two hundred dollars pleasure out of this, more than." Longer than I am with the bill that I'm going to pay for it, so it does. Exactly. It, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. No. And and so so basically, I have one giant analogy that often is very helpful for artists to kind of capture the feeling of this. When okay. we see something exciting that we want to share with somebody, be it a restaurant that we love, or a movie we like, or a book we just finished, or you know whatever. We become these perfect salespeople. We absolutely, I mean, we do everything that we can. We we want to loan the books to them so they'll read it. We get very excited and passionate and want to share good things with other people. The best example of that is a rainbow. Can you imagine a rainbow appearing in the sky and you not sharing it with somebody whose back is turned to it? And on the converse, can you imagine the person whose back is turned to it and you say, oh, look, behind you there's a rainbow. Can you imagine them not turning around? We have a sharing gene in our souls. We have a desire to bring good things and good experiences to other people. And that is exactly the energy that I help artists bring to their own artwork at their art shows is that sharing gene. It's just a natural part of us. You just simply need to tap into it and understand that you are doing nothing but bringing rainbows into people's homes, rainbows that never, ever fade. Ooh, very nice. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. Be- that's a yeah. beautiful thought. I, I know that yeah. rela- life is all about relationships, and we are part of the people who are building those, Right. That's, okay. that's right. Well, that that feeds right into what I what the first of the ease of the ease of selling. Shall we talk a little bit about the ease of selling? Let's do number one. Number one. Number one e is empathy, which basically is what I've been talking about right now. Is having this empathy and understanding the power. Empathy, right? Is that, that what you said? Empathy. Yeah, empathy. 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 Yeah. Okay. E m p a c h y. Empathy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Having, mm-hmm. have you know, walking in their shoes, so to speak, understanding where their life force is, getting to understand what's making them be who they are as they approach your artwork. Empathy for me is a really big word. It's not just like like making eye contact and feeling. It's not, by the way, never confuse it with sympathy. Totally a different experience. Empathy is to really understand how they might be feeling. Not feeling sorry for them as in sympathy, but understand how they might be feeling. So one of the things I always say to artists is when somebody sees your art for the very, very, very first time, they walk around a corner or they walk down an aisle and they turn and look and they see your things for the first time, how do you think that makes them feel? This is a hugely important question. And if artists will just pay attention even to that, that's one of the worksheet questions. And if they just sit down and really, really give deep thought 
to what their art does to people. Is it humorous? Is it interesting? Is it controversial? Is it, is it confusing? Is it, what is it? You know, we know because people come and say things to us at our art shows. They say things mm-hmm. that make us realize, oh, I, yeah, that's a painting. It's a hyper-realist painting. No, it's not a photograph. It's a painting, right? So when you understand that people are confused sometimes if they see your work, by maybe you're using precious metal clay and it's not really 14 karat gold, et cetera, et cetera, when you know that there are certain confusions that happen in people's minds when they're coming towards your work, then you need to be prepared to welcome them in with empathy and help them right away to feel that it's okay if they don't know what they're looking at. It's okay if they don't understand. And if you show them that empathy right up front, you're already honoring their needs, which, by the way, is what this whole thing about is. This old empathy thing is about, hey, it's all about them and their needs. Pay attention to what is important to them. So that's that's one part of empathy. It's several pages in the book, but that's <laughs> that's it in kind of a nutshell. You mean it's you mean it's not all about me? It's about them. <laughs> just, just a wee bit. It's just a wee bit about them. That is right. That is right. As, as a matter of fact, I've got I've got uh, this. This is this is one of those things that I just can't help but read out loud. It's just really short, but it comes from the book. And it talks okay. about the idea that, that it's all about them, right? It's all about them. And we need to understand that we're all the same in this respect. We all think it's about ourselves. Like we're the most important person in the room. That's how we started off on this planet, right? Our first breath was all about us. So here's the deal. When, when you start to understand how important it is for people to feel special, just understand we all want to feel like we got the best, the biggest, the smallest, the cheapest, the most expensive, the newest, the oldest, the first one ever made, the last one ever made, the only one ever made, handmade, collectible, investment quality, award-winning, original, limited edition, exclusive, upscale, prestigious, celebrity-endorsed, and most ego-fulfilling purchase possible. We are always, always buying with our egos fully intact. That I so love ego fulfilling right? purchase. Ego absolutely fulfilling. Ego. Purchase. We want to fulfill our own needs. That's what we want. That, right. So if we can be made to feel smart, intelligent, interesting, clever, in the know, and we can help people feel that by just simply saying, "Oh, so have you seen fairy graphs before? Oh, are you familiar with graffito?" Uh, porcelain carving work are you you know if we can engage people and make them feel like it's okay to ask questions that they won't look stupid that there's nothing there's nothing bad going to happen to them if they if they even ask a stupid question right then we're right right off the bat we are soothing their fragile side the part of them that doesn't want to feel stupid or rejected or out of place or whatever right so so yeah Ego-fulfilling purchases are what we're actually all about, trying to make sure we're helping people get what they want, what they want. Pretty cool, So this is not all about what what I want. I want you to buy this. This is more about 
is there like a follow through if you can take care and in, and I do not mean it in a manipulative way McKenna not at all if not i all. answer your questions or i share something with you yes i really would love to have you buy it but this is more about them how we can relate and that 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 enriches everyone's life it enriches you while you're doing it even if you don't exactly. get the sale Exactly. Exactly. You got that. You hit the nail on the head, Connie, because truthfully, if we're having an authentic, warm, rich, embracing conversation as two human beings, one to the other, and we take that conversation wherever we want to, and the whole time I'm making sure that your needs and what's interesting to you is what I am, in fact, feeding to you, then we are engaged in an authentic conversation where you, as the potential buyer, are feeling taken care of. You're you're feeling, look, it's the opposite of manipulation. You're actually feeling like I care about you because, by the way, I do. I actually care. I want my customer to think that, you know, like I, I sell jewelry that's really weird. And a lot of times people are like, oh, I'm going to bring my teenage daughter back to look at this. And I'm like, ooh, teenagers, no, not so much. I'd love to make a sale, but not teenagers. Don't, don't, don't waste your time. They just don't like my stuff. I mean, take a picture, text it to them, whatever, but believe me, the teenagers don't buy my stuff. And they look at me like I'm crazy because I've told them not to buy something from me. But I care because if they bought one of these things or went to the trouble of dragging their daughter back, and their daughter was like, yeah, whatever, Mom. That's just embarrassing for everybody, isn't it? So instead <laughs> of having her go through the embarrassment and the craziness and having this snotty little daughter who's like, eh, Mom, really, not for me, then, you know, let's just get real. And I just am real with people. It's not manipulating to tell them not to buy something. It's caring about their long-term needs. So that's empathy right there in a nutshell. It's just caring about their long-term needs. When, so that's when, what the program um, teaches. I do uh, these survey, annual surveys, and I ask patrons why they come to art fairs. A, a good part of, of course, it is to buy quality artwork and to see it, but that they, I get lots of statements about they enjoy so much the interaction with the artists. They enjoy so much learning. They enjoy the surprise and excitement going from booth to booth. So we right. are... That setup is right there, and then they walk in, and there you are, McKenna, ready, right? A new right, friend. ready. Well, well, well. But see, here's here's the thing. There, it's a fine line between them wanting to learn things and you mm. wanting to teach things, and that's mm. where a lot of artists get in trouble. I have something I call my eavesdropping session, where I take my my five E's right straight to a show, hang out with an artist for a couple of hours, and we just walk through you know, kind of like, okay, if you'd have done this, you should have said that. This person asked that, and then you talked about this, and we really go through it in depth. And one of the biggest things that I see artists do, and I've been watching this for 30 years, and actually when I used to teach art sales in San Francisco, same thing, people talk about themselves. Because, Mm -hmm. by the way, it's one of the few times when we are secure that we know what the heck we're really talking about because we're telling our own story, (laughs) right? So. We're pretty comfortable. Mm-hmm. Our blood pressure goes down. We feel more comfortable. And we are lulled into believing that as long as we keep talking about ourselves and telling everybody about all the stuff to do with us, that somehow or other, 
that's going to make us more adhering to the person. They're going to start to think that, wow, this person's, wow, something. No, 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 not at all. In fact, I always tell artists, if you say more than three or four sentences in a row about yourself, stop and turn and ask them a question. So, for example, how long have you lived on Maui? Big question that I get at shows all the time. Oh, about mm-hmm. 30 years. So is this your first time to visit? Oh, great. Well, welcome. So give it and right that's back. that's it. Mm-hmm. They don't, I don't, yeah. They don't, I, <laughs> if they really are only asking a question out of their, it's still their curiosity. They're not mm-hmm. really that interested in knowing how I moved to Maui and when I moved. And the same is true of art. Like, not like, how long have you been painting? Well, you know, when I was a kid, no, 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 no. How long have you been painting? It's a simple question. And then turn it right around and say, so have you ever tried to work with oils yourself? Boom. Right back to them. Bring it back to them. Just keep asking them questions. Keep them engaged. Find out what they are interested in. Don't assume that they need to hear all about all the shows you've been in and awards you've won or any of that stuff. Just, or what you were thinking of when you did a certain painting or you know, how many years it took you to perfect a certain something or whatever. No, 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 no. They are falling in love with your artwork. And now all you really need to do is keep funneling their, 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 their interest towards which piece of, the, of your art they're most likely to want to buy. That's your job. Your job is to help them find a piece of art that they absolutely adore and will love for the rest of their lives. And all the rest of it is kind of filler. A lot of artists that finish the system have discovered they now can sell a piece of art in less than 20 minutes from start to finish because they've cut out all the small talk, all the silliness, all the whatever. They just keep concentrating on what this person is interested in. And you'd be surprised. People actually sometimes do just walk up to a piece of art, fall in love with it, and if you don't get in their way, they'll just buy it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best kind when you don't have to ask for it, for sure. So that's number one, empathy. That's number one. That's number one. So empathy. Okay. Right. Number, number two is enthusiasm. And enthusiasm, which is something that I have an abundance of, but surprisingly a lot of artists don't, it's a two-way street. You need to be enthusiastic in so much as saying, oh, well, thank you so much. I'm glad you enjoyed this. This is a new piece. It's just the first time it's ever been in a show, so it means a lot to me to have people, you know, making so much mention of it today. Thank you. Thank you, right? So a little enthusiasm for what you do, but not a lot of it. You know, again, you don't have to go into a lot of details. Uh, but then have enthusiasm for them. This is one of the really hard lessons for artists. Again, remember, we're looking for this ego-fulfilling purchase to happen, right? So if somebody says to you, if they walk up out of the blue, and you've heard this a million times, and they say, oh, wow, you really like bright colors, don't you? And you've heard this. For years, and you're just, it's like, oh, not again, right? No, 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 no. That person has walked up to your area, and they've done two things that are remarkable. Number one, they've said out loud what they've experienced about your work. Not everybody does that. So honor the fact that they've said something out loud about your work. That's a good thing. And number two, they've actually figured out that you like really bright colors. So they get a gold star. You turn to that person and you go, well, what do you know? 
I, I guess I do. You're right. And you wink at them or you smile at them and you acknowledge them. And they're going to go, you've probably heard that before, haven't you? Well, a few times, but, I'll, you know, it's great because you're absolutely you're right. You, person with an ego, are correct. Your feelings and ideas are honored by me here. You see what I'm saying? So that person doesn't get the eyes rolling back in your head or the return back to your magazine that you were reading. That person, you stand up and go, you got that right. I am all about bright colors. How about you? (laughs) So you turn that around right back to them again. And the one thing I see a lot of artists, they just they get so complacent after a while of hearing like the same comments about their work over and over and over again. But believe me, that person that just walked up and saw your work for the very, very, very first time and had that reaction, they need to be honored for their thinking at that moment. They are a fresh face with a fresh attitude and a fresh heart, and you need to bond with that person instantly, not roll your eyes at them, Right? So I hope everybody heard that one loud and clear because that's a biggie, right? So enthusiasm, have have respect for their enthusiasm also. How's that? Okay. That's good. That's good. And I get it. I, I always found it more easier after some time to go sell in someone else's booth than in my own booth because I was tired <laughs> from it. But you need a break yeah. sometimes. Yes. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But okay. it's, it's hard to keep that energy up, but that person deserves your energy. So, you know, and by the way, that's the person that if they feel like you care about them and you're paying attention to them and you're honoring them, they are very likely to become a buyer, if not today, someday, because they've had a good experience with you, right? So there you go. So number three, are we ready? Number yes. three. This is a big one. This is the one that when I ask artists, okay, what are the five E's? They get the other four. They never get this one. They never get this one. It is simply encouragement. Encouragement, right? Another way of saying asking for the sale, kind of, sort of, except that really what you're doing with encouraging people is you're encouraging them to look more. You're encouraging them to ask more questions. You're encouraging them to just enjoy the experience. You're encouraging them, yes, to absolutely consider that this could be something they could buy today and walk away with. You are encouraging them in the same way that you would encourage them to go to a restaurant you love. So, again, it's that sharing energy. It's that encouraging people to consider becoming an owner of some of your artwork today. I mean, it never, you know, it, it, it doesn't have to be, well, do you want to buy this? It can be, I think that this artwork belongs in your life. Just based on what <laughs> everything you've said, you've got the right room for it. I mean, I, you know, you've been looking at my work for the last three years, it seems like you finally have found a piece that really speaks to you. Am I right? And then just shut up and let them figure out if, 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 you know, do they really want to buy it? Yes, they And more often than not, I say, yes, they do. You wouldn't say that unless you were absolutely sure, right? And you wouldn't be sure unless you'd been paying attention and showing empathy and showing enthusiasm and allowing a real engagement to occur. But if somebody's been in your area for a while looking, or if it's somebody that's collected in the past, or somebody that's coming back like a third or fourth time, you know, three years in a row, then there's a point at which you, you just have to be encouraging. It's a scary word, but 
it, 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 yes. it really it really doesn't need to be. Because if you naturally care about the outcome of this person, if you recognize you're bringing a rainbow into their lives that never fades, then you have a duty to encourage them to purchase. Make sense? I think so. It's, that's a hard one, I have to say. That it is. is hard. It is hard. I mean, this is something that, in the, that really it goes in-depth. In, in the system. The, the book goes through a gazillion ways, shapes, and forms to deal with that. And the worksheets in the back really work through that whole encouragement issue deeply. But bottom line is at some point, nine times out of ten, the best sales that you make are the ones where you just know in your heart that they should get it. And you say just accidentally almost, well, well so do you want me to ship it? Because you, you just you feel like they're just going to say, yes. like, ship it any minute. And so you accidentally say that because it just seems like, like the next thing you should say. And then they say yes. And I'm like, oh, I just made a sale. How'd that happen, right? It happened because <laughs> okay. you knew that they really wanted this. And you knew that they should get it. And you knew that, you know, it was time for somebody to break this silence and say, hey, I think you should get this. And they say, okay. It's, so is this I'm part of that? Her. Is this part of that? Assume the sale. Is that come under the encouragement? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Assumptive yeah. selling. Assumptive selling. There's a point in. Okay. So let me just let me just add in one little 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 section, a subsection okay. here that's helpful, and that's that's the that's the buyer's journey, right? Understanding that a buyer, actually all of us, every single one of us, when we buy something, we go through three stages. There's no avoiding the three stages. We all go through them with every single purchase we make. Some stages last a couple seconds, some last years. But here's number one. Number one is we become aware of a need that we have. Or we see something and we become aware of it and now we think we need it. So we may look in our closet and go, I don't have enough black tops. Next time I'm out, I should make sure I find some black tops. Or we may go someplace and see some black tops and go, you know, I've got some black tops, but I don't have any black top. Like this is a black top I really need. So we make these awareness statements to ourselves. We become aware of a need. Or maybe it's a fabulous gift that we need for a special birthday for somebody that we deeply love. Or, you know, whatever it is, there's something we have an awareness we need to have a, we need to purchase something. That's the first stage. The second stage is then consideration. Considering whether or not, right, whether or not this is the thing. Is this the thing for that special gift? Is this the right black top? Is this the this? Is this the that? We go through a big consideration stage. Consideration can go on for years or it can just go on for a few minutes. But we're, we're going to go through a stage where we're considering our options, considering is the price what we want to spend? Is the, you know, will this really fit in the area that I'm thinking of putting it in? Is this going to really look well in the, you know, above my bed, et cetera, et cetera? We're always in that consideration stage. We get from awareness to consideration pretty fast, but consideration can be, you know. That's where, by the way, when we are acting with empathy and enthusiasm and a little bit of encouragement, we can really help people move through uh, the consideration stage in a, mo- a much more 
friendly, engaging, and uh, where they feel comfortable with the considerations that they're making. They're, they're starting to trust the situation. They're starting to trust the prices they're seeing. They're starting to trust the artwork as being something that, that they really do, really do want to collect. I mean, there's a lot going on, and the more that you're engaged and, and that they are clearly feeling that you care about the outcome for them, then that consideration stage is much easier. And then number Number three in the buyers, and the, number three is the decision stage. So the buyer's journey always ends up with some kind of a decision. It's either a yes or a no, but more often than not, right, it's uh, I need to think about it. <laughs> yes. There's that whole I need to think about it thing, right? And uh, so, but hopefully, if you've done your job and you've really focused on their needs and you've allowed them to really have the time to figure out what it is that they like about your work and they've started centering on a couple of pieces and they've gotten narrowed it down to one piece, maybe two pieces, there's a really good chance at some point you're going to be able to actually help them with the decision also because you're going to be able to play back to them. Well, you said it's the perfect color for the room, or you said it's just the right height for your shelf, or you said it's perfect to go with this jewelry you just bought, or, you know, whatever, right? So if you've been paying attention and you've become kind of a friend, an advisor, a consultant, right, and you're assuming that they're going to buy something, they just have to find the right thing, and if you're assuming that and you're using assumptive language, things like, well, you know, it's perfect for your bedroom. It's perfect for this. You, you know that. Um, I, you know, you've bought from me before and you've always, you know, and what, whatever it is, you're assuming that it's just a matter of them finding the right piece. I, I make the analogy about assumptive selling. It's, it's sort of like somebody at a shoe stop, shop, right? You, you walk in, you're looking at shoes. The, the person who is going to go into the back room and get shoes for you, that person absolutely assumes the sale. They do not assume for a minute that they're going to go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth with shoe after shoe after shoe, and you're not going to buy something right. eventually, right? That's and so right. if That's you can right. kind of get it, I mean, why did they walk in a shoe store in the first place? There's probably a really good chance. Now, at an art show, obviously, there's a lot of art and there's a lot of people who are just looking around. But just because they're looking around, don't assume, never assume that they're not qualified or won't buy it. or, or you know, There you go. Just, this is a you know, lesson I learned a long time ago. I was talking to someone who had very successful sales of selling sound equipment. And he said when people are at an art fair, they could be anywhere else. They could be at a ball game. They could be taking a nap. They could have gone to the movies. They could have... I mean, a thousand things. Why are they at the art fair? Is it their favorite way to kick tires? Well, imagine. If it is, that still makes them a very a good prospect because they Absolutely. chose to be here. Yeah, And that, that's the thing. We, we have so many choices. So there's that. Folks, we are yeah. already more than halfway through, and I just want to tell you that I'm speaking well, with McKenna Hallett, and she, we're talking about selling art face-to-face at the art fairs. And she has a book called The Ease of Selling Art System. And this is a very good way to do this. We all know. I know that people go into this. One of the reasons people go to art fairs, uh, get into this business, it's the best way and the fastest way to sell art. Try it in a gallery, try to set up a show, try to go on a consignment, 
face-to-face is the place you can sell art, right? Right, McKenna? Right, right, absolutely, yeah. And I just want to add one more little to mm-hmm. that idea of assuming that people are going to buy. I, 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 this is this is just one for the for the you know like like put this in stone somewhere. It, it might seem that you have unlikely candidates wandering around. Maybe maybe you, yeah. you're talking to somebody and you think they are so complete, like there's no way, like they don't have any money, blah blah blah. You make up all these things, right? But guess what? It never ever hurts. There is absolutely no downside risk to treat every single person with the exact same attitude as you would treat your best collectors. Very good. That's we yeah. we need I mean, that, that, that big flashing line. letters. Bottom, bottom line. Treat everybody as though they're gonna buy and you'd be surprised oftentimes they actually do. Okay. Next so I'm going to go through the, through the next E very quickly. It's elasticity, and elasticity is a really, really big word. It means a lot of different things. It also means being elastic with your own feelings and making sure, and this is really important, this is one of the aspects of elasticity that I want to convey. Make sure that you are snapping back, right? Snap back to the absolute center of focus for the next person that walks in your booth. You just had a very disappointing situation. You were sure these people were going to buy something. You know, they were talking about it forever. You were positive, you were positive, and then they just walked away from you. Oh, my gosh. You're just, you're, 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 you're just crestfallen. But there's somebody walking in right after them. You cannot be anything but the very most enthusiastic and empathetic and encouraging and loving and caring person all over again instantly. That's the hardest part about what we do in sales. There's no question that the hardest thing we do is to maintain that sense of purpose and to be purposeful in our selling experience, to be intentional in our sharing, and to be attentive to these people's needs no matter what those needs are, but that's our job. Just like we have to figure out how to do that oil painting and how to use watercolors and how to, you know, how to, how to use tools to make whatever it is that we make. We also need to learn the tools to help make sure that people who deserve our art get a chance to buy it because we're at our very best for them that day, the time. So that's elasticity. That's one part of it. And then the last that's, piece. <laughs> that's, that's a good okay. one about elasticity, right? So last one. Yes. Emergency. Emergency, emergency, emergency. <laughs> it is, I mean, seriously, look. This idea that they're going to be back, we know what that really means, right? Now, if somebody's just kind of looked a little bit and they barely paid any attention and they just asked a couple questions yeah. and they said, well, I'll be back, then, you know, that yeah. was just a kind way of saying I'm not interested. Thank and you. that's fine. Yeah. We, don't have to, we don't have to lose sleep over the people who, who just are not connecting. They're just not getting it. They're not, it's, not, it's not whatever. And off they go. Fine. But when we have a really significant relationship with somebody and we have been talking shipping costs and something other and whatnot and, you know, they're maybe even looking at a second piece, you know, or whatever, that is an emergency. They need to buy that now because things happen and people don't buy in the future. It's not like they didn't want to. But you literally have a rainbow now that's right in front of you that's absolutely fading. When they say, I'll be back, or, or, well, we'll have to think about it, or whatever, 
that there goes that rainbow. The opportunity of getting that in their homes has diminished greatly, and it diminishes more with each passing minute as they walk away. The further walk away they are, the more likely they are not to buy. That's just that's just some kind of weird law of 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 no be back happening rule. I don't know what it is, but we all know what that is because we lose our pa- the passion, right? So the first thing that has to happen is right from the very, 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 very beginning, you need to be setting some basic ground rules for people so they start to understand they're seeing something one of a kind. This is unique. I've never worked in this material before. I've never done one this size before. I only do about three a year in this size, and I'm down to the last one. I probably won't have another this size this year. You need to be creating right from the beginning as you're doing some of your earliest presentations, setting them up to understand that they've got a slightly, you know, rare opportunity standing in front of them. If they like this thing, they deserve to know that it is something kind of rare. I always go back, years ago I was going to buy a certain car and it it had a certain uh, part thing happening with it that I really, really liked, and I didn't think anything of I thought I could get that in a lot of different cars. Turns out I couldn't. And to make a long story short, I went back the next day, and the car was gone. And I said, oh, well, can you just get me, is there another car somewhere that does that? And he was like, oh, no, we've only, that's the only one we've ever had in the last, like, six months. We probably won't ever have one like that again. And I was like, if you'd have told me that yesterday, you would have made a sale. And I, I was angry, actually. I was angry. Because if <laughs> I'd have been given that, you know, that information, I would have at least made a decision, yes or no, but based on having all the information. And then if I went back the next day and it was gone, at least I'd be like, well, okay, I I knew there was a chance that, that, you know, I can get this again. We've all had that happen where we've sold something and then the person who really, you know, earlier that day wanted it came back and they were just devastated. And not only are they devastated that they didn't get this thing, that they've made their mind up, right? They've made, they've gone through the process and they've said yes to themselves. And they go dashing back with, to you with a big smile on their face and it's gone. So not only have you lost them as a client, you've lost them possibly of even having a sale that day of any kind. I mean, they're, they're <laughs> devastated, right? And so understanding that you can warn people all you want and they will still say, I'll be back. And if it's here, so be it. If it's not, you know. And, you know, it happens. But if you don't even create a sense of urgency in the first place, you're missing a big part of what's important in your purpose of selling. Your purpose is to bring good things into people's lives. And if you leave out something as as important that this is a one of a kind, that will never, ever be recreated because I'll never find this particular piece of wood again or I'll never be able to do this mm-hmm. or, you know, I, I, you know I, I found it impossible to work this large in my kiln and I'll never make anything this big again or whatever it is. Or this stone is like I've never seen one this color before and I'll probably never see another one again, whatever it is. If you're not pointing that out all along the way and making people understand this is a rare opportunity for them, you are definitely definitely losing a lot of sales because it is an emergency and you know one of the things that happens is that if a a person is in your booth early in the show and they say oh they've got to see the the whole show before they make any choices right right and you understand that but you do not let them get away without them knowing something special about this work 
so it's hanging around in there. You know that they, right. you really want yeah. it stuck in there. You need to make that yeah. first impression. Right. You need to, it though, so right. it stays. Plant the seed. Plant the seed. Plant the seed. Yeah, plant the seed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. The fear of loss, right? It's a huge one for all of us. I was, you know, I, 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 I mean, we've all been there where we, we've not gotten something that we really, really wanted. I've got a about four things in my life that I really, really wanted. I went back and they were gone. I mean, it, I still think about those things today. And people <laughs> listening to this are also in the same boat. They're thinking about that thing that they didn't get. So it's really important. And, and honestly, it really just, it's just, it's honoring them. And if you've had a good relationship and you've had a proper engagement with them and they know that in the end your intentions are only for good things to happen for them, you're not in it for the sale, you're not in it for today's today and tomorrow who cares, you really care about their long-term good feelings, then when you say to them, in all honesty, I just need you to know I've already got three people who have looked at this today and they're all like trying to find their spouses and bring them back and it's like this, there's something going on about this. I just want you to know if you walk 10 feet away from here and you think in your heart, oh, what the heck, I should really get that piece. I love it. Then please turn around and come back because I don't want you to come back in an hour or a half an hour or even 15 minutes and have had someone else make that decision for you. Okay. That's, so those that's a powerful well, seed. That's a powerful seed. Okay. So there we've got those five things, and we are running low on time already, like 12 okay. minutes left, so and we have so many more I things know. I want There's- to talk about. Okay. Well. Well. Okay. Well. Let's just. Let's just. I'll. I'll just bring up one quick thing then, because yeah, I knew this was okay. going to be like this because I'm so passionate. But let me talk about the departure checklist. Yes, that's, that's what I wanted the back to talk of the about. book. You saw that. Oh man, the departure checklist. So the departure checklist is 13 separate items that you need to review every day and really drink in because when somebody says, "I want to think about it." there is a really specific series of steps that you need to take that can do one of two things. One, they can, it can make sure that you get their contact information, that they don't just run off with your card and you never hear from them again, that you control the exit. You make sure that they know everything they need to know and that you have a way to stay in touch with them going forward. That's number one. Number two, the departure list also will set you up for understanding what your role is. And, and if you go through that checklist, you will see over time, all of this is going to take time. None of this happens overnight. I've got a person who's been with the workbook now for, well, since it got published in February, and she's still coming out with new realizations of different ways that she can. And she made a sale the other day of $5,000 in 15 minutes because she used something <laughs> from the departure checklist that she'd been ignoring and avoiding and trying not to do, and all of a sudden it just came out naturally for her. So, you know, mm-hmm. the checklist, very important. And then, and then let's talk about the flashcards. Really, really quick, like the flashcards. Oh, we got time the to talk about flashcards. So, so anyway, if people who are listening, McKenna sent me her, her book here, and I've got it in my hands, and it came this cute package. And inside the package was this very, I'm sorry, guys, I'm just going to say this is a really cute little package with flashcards that I haven't opened. It's been like a present here waiting for me, and I'm opening it right now. <laughs> and I'm opening the flashcards, and, 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 and the top card says, what's love got to do with it? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Is, is yeah. This are these affirmations to help these, you most, keep yeah, focused? They're mostly affirmations. They are. They're mostly affirmations. There's a few cards in here that will relate back. Like they'll ask you, what are the five E's? Or have you read your departure list today? Or, you know, there's a few in there that are kind of like, you know, little, little kind of nudges to make sure that you're staying on track. But for the most part, they say beautiful things. One of my favorites is the very first one, which says, you are not selling art. You are giving collectors the exclusive right to a lifetime of personal enjoyment. Now, how's that for a way to start your hour, right? I, I mean, there are, the people that are really into this are, are really literally reading this two or three times during the show because they just had a really tough experience and they're really kind of feeling kind of down, and they read through here and it's like, oh, there you go. Yeah, I, I do have a good... <laughs> have a purpose here. <laughs> and and I have we, a purpose do you have here. Card, do you have card number two in front of you? Read that. I love that one. Let's, is this one you are not selling art? Is, or you want this in what says number two? No, well, no how about this yeah, one? number two. For someone seeing your art for the first time, how do you make them feel welcome, smart, interesting, clever, unique, important, cared about and comfortable so they can trust you enough to buy from you. That's uh-huh. a, that's very full of full <laughs> of stuff. Yeah. And as I yeah. I was just really flipping through this book. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm yeah, go ahead. I'm flipping through here. This is this is really a very personal that you're not necessarily giving people a script here. You are setting people up for an attitude for how they feel about the people at the show, a way of making building a relationship. This is not about how to what to say to close the sale. This no, is not at all. thinking about what they need to think about, or trying to figure, develop this relationship so that they understand you yeah, more. Know that you understand them and that you can serve them. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. You got it. You got it, Connie. Okay. This is really about us as salespeople, and it's not a dirty word. It's a terrific word when you figure out that you're going to sell people a lifetime of enjoyment. So it is really about making sure that you are intentional, that you are sharing in a very personal way things that are important to them, that you are content. Here, I've got an important tip. This is a very important tip. This, everybody who's listening, get a piece of paper, write these four words down. I call these the four dirty little words. And if you can quit using these four dirty little words as much as possible, you're going to move mountains in your relationships, not just in with your art sales, but I mean everywhere you go. I mean when you're standing in line at, you know, and talking to the, to the checkout person at, at your grocery store. Everybody responds better when they don't hear the words. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I, me, my, mine. Right? If I'm talking I, 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 me, my, my, I, me, right? There's a point at which I don't think you're talking, you know, if I hear enough of that, then I don't, like, where's the me in that? Well, how, what, what, what part of this that you're doing has anything to do with me? But when I hear you or yours, so example, instead of saying, 
oh, I just created this in my studio yesterday, and I thought, you know, this would be the perfect show to bring it out to. I mean, I wasn't really sure, but I think it is. I mean, I did one like this last year, and it sold right away. So I think, you know, really, this probably has a really good chance. And, and I, I, you know, so, right? As opposed to... So what do I say? So what do you, what do you think of this piece? I'm just curious because it's kind of new. So what, 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 you know, like how does that strike you compared to some of my other pieces? What do you think? Boom. I'm asking that person what they think. That is obviously a lot more important than me talking about what I think. It's what they think that matters, right? It doesn't matter when the piece was developed or how many times or whether I did it before or whatever. No, no, no. No. What do you think of this piece? So do you have a place in your home where a piece like this would look really, like, just super good? So do you often buy pieces in this size? Because this is kind of a big piece. Not everybody can pull off a piece this large. Do you have a room that can accommodate a piece that size? Right? So you, you, you. The more you're using you, the better. The worksheets, the worksheets, the worksheets, the worksheets in the back, the whole reason that I even did this, going back to the beginning of this call because I was afraid yep. people weren't using the worksheets, as they read this book and then start using those worksheets, there's a group of people right now in a study group. It's a, a pottery school in Asheville, North Carolina. They're literally using the book as a study group right now, and I would recommend that. If there's anybody out there who's got you know two or three folks that they want to just kind of you know, people are treating it like it's the artist's way. It's not at all the artist's way. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they're treating it like it's something that, that people can have conversations about and, and engage about, you know, better ways to, to, you know, to engage, you know, with their art, with their clients. So it's, it's very powerful. And the worksheets are the way in which you find your own voice your own way of speaking, your own connection with your art, your connection with your collectors, you start to target more deeply into your heart the things that you know are going to matter the most for collectors and potential collectors. That's what the worksheets do. The worksheets are essential. They are really important. Well, and I see on the last page, on page 48, there are like eight Uh. questions (laughs) that are, they are this, the... Just if nobody did anything else with this in this book and the things you sent, and I really hate to sound like a commercial here, but oh, I can't help myself. But if I just look at these questions and develop uh-huh. thoughts around them, those uh-huh. that's, that's it. That's baby. That is set you up for the right attitude. It sets you up to meet the people. It's, it's a further checklist. And are you really doing your job here? Which in your right. job is... Right to put these beautiful things into people's lives and make them more wonderful. There, that's the job. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we yeah. are getting yeah. so near, so we've got the flashcards, okay. we've done all this, there's so much, but what, what else are you going uh, to do here? Okay. You donated cool. a copy well, of your book. I donated a copy of the book, that's right, and now you have another drive. one. So you've got, you've mm-hmm. got your, so if you've got a favorite Ooh. artist out there, you give that to Connie, by all means do. But here's, here's, here's the really, really cool thing that I'm doing today. First of all, everybody listening and all your members who might be listening to this in the next couple of days, I don't know, don't wait too long because I do have a deadline on this offer. The deadline is the last day of this month, the 30th of, Jan- of June at midnight Eastern. So here's the offer. Automatic $10 off and free shipping. The shipping, unfortunately, is only to U.S. addresses because, you know, foreign gets expensive, but I can work with people on that. Just email me separately. But 
$10 off. So the regular price for the whole system that includes the flashcards, that includes the, you know, the worksheets and all of that good stuff is ordinarily just $67. And, you know, if you, if you, like you said, those questions in the back, if people just flip back there and just read those questions at the end of every engagement, mm-hmm. they'd make the $67 mm-hmm. before the day was over. Mm-hmm. So $10 off, so just $57. But wait, there's more. <laughs> I'm donating $10 to you for every book that sells. Well, thank you. Well, okay, you're very welcome. That sounds good. So $10 off, $10 to Connie. And lastly, most important, where you do this and where you learn more is to go to my website, which is My Golden Words, all one word. It's a words, plural with an S, My Golden Words. And it's forward slash Connie. That's easy, right? My golden words forward slash Connie, and that will take you to a page that has nothing to do with anything except what this system does. There's FAQs there. There's all kinds of stuff. There's just everything you need to know. Plus, from there, you can link and go and buy the book and use the code Connie, and you get the $10 <laughs> off. And then I'll see that Connie was used, and I'll send Connie $10. So there you go. All right. That's only through June 30th, and then that, that offer goes away. They're going to go to so, mygoldenwords.com. Yeah. Is that it? Right. Mygoldenwords.com forward slash mm-hmm. Connie. Connie. Yep. Yep. All and right. All the links there. And the promo code is Connie also. So Connie, Connie, Connie. So Connie, we did it. And you, you need this information because the big shows are coming up in July. We want to make a lot of money. And you want to sell a lot of art. You want to put your wonderful things in people's homes. Thank you so much, Rekana. This has been wonderful. Well, one last thing. There is, there, there is a money-back guarantee, just so people know. And that's described on the site. So don't worry. There is a money-back guarantee. So there you go. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think this system is going to shut down, or maybe it has. But we could talk okay. for a long time. But <laughs> it won't record. <laughs> okay. That's all. Okay. We can have a long all conversation. Right. Anyway, thank you, Kenna. Thanks for uh, – we're going to be posting this information on ourfairinsiders.com. And we welcome your comments there. Download the free podcast at iTunes. We have more interesting okay. shows in the works. And we've got some great, really cool one coming up next about people who have been in this business a long time and how they're handling it. If you have a good idea for a podcast, contact me, Connie at ArtFairCalendar.com. Don't forget to go my, to MyGoldenWords.com, McKenna site. Learn more about the five E's. And by June 30th, if you make a purchase, you'll save 10 bucks, and she'll send me 10 bucks. Heck, we're, we're doubling up on the pledge drive. We rock, McKenna. <laughs> fabulous. Thank you so much. Thanks for everybody who has been listening. And I'm sorry we weren't able to take any calls, but it was just too much. Too much yeah. good information. Yeah, oh, so Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Oh,
Alright.